welcome to the Grown Up Marketing Ladies Show. Join us as we pull back the curtain and share the details behind the marketing magic. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, today's podcast um, on the Grown Up Marketing Ladies Show. Um, I am your host, Chase Hubbard. We have Chris O'Brien and Maddie Hubbard. And combined, we have 40 plus years of marketing experience. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about our favorite commercials and even some of the science behind those. So everyone say hello. Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we'll get into the first commercial which is my personal favorite commercial in the entire world. Um, the purple mattress protector commercial. It's like, I don't know if I've seen this. It's fantastic. Um, it starts out with, um, I actually found this to be fascinating, but there's an advertising technique called pattern interrupting. And this commercial starts out with, like a Sasquatch mom, like absolutely beating the shit out of a squirrel <laughs> on a rock. And that's pattern interrupting. It's something that's like so shocking that makes you stop what you're doing. And like, you have to pay attention because like, that's quite insane. That's key. That's really key to the marketing psychology, that, that disruption element. So. Well, and, and what I think is important about this commercial in particular is that um, the length of it, and as far as I know, it was not shown on broadcast TV. It was a uh, pre-roll for YouTube. And okay. Anywhere well, else. So so the idea is to grab people from the very beginning before they skip ads and go into whatever they're on YouTube to watch. So you had to immediately hook somebody with a Sasquatch beating the ever-loving shit out of a squirrel. Yes. Um, and it, came out, it came out in 2016 and I have not seen it as an ad in a very long time. I imagine they have pulled it since then, but I remember every time it came on, I would not skip it. I would watch that full three minute and 43 second ad. That's a remarkable success. She like, so it's a, it's a, it's a lady Sasquatch. That's a mom. And then she also has her little torment, tormenting Sasquatch son that like ruins everything. It's this uh, like new thing that like modern commercials are using where they're using a pitch man, but it's not like that guy who used to sell. It's like an infomercial, but not like that one guy, Billy Mays. Is that his name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like fictional Billy Mays. So it makes you want to watch it because they're like fictional characters. Right. Kind of like old spice man or no. Kind of. Yeah, I could see the the correlation between Sasquatch Purple Mattress and Old Spice Man. Like, it's Having, intriguing enough where you're like, oh, okay, I, I will watch this. Um, I will say, though, while I was doing research for the history on this commercial, I found a website called uh, Sasquatchploitation.com. Nice. And it's a website <laughs> that tracks all of the exploitation of Bigfoot and Sasquatch in movies, televisions, commercials, and books. Well, this is important to be socially aware of, you know, how their portrayal is affecting uh, Sasquatch yes. society. They they were a little upset because uh, 
in the commercial, uh, the Sasquatch mom refers to the the armpits of themselves as Wookie armpits. And uh, Sasquatchploitation.com was a little upset about that. <laughs> Did Sasquatchploitation do a series of ads too? Is that part of their shtick? I don't think so. I feel like I see, I've seen some Sasquatch, you know, dressed in a suit or something really straight faced and, you know, just coming on and really talking seriously about the representation of maybe I'm making that up. Cause I, well, I, I think, no, I think what you're thinking of maybe the, the jerky commercials with a different Sasquatch. Okay. Oh, you're right. Oh, Jack Link. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what Mess- it was. Messing with Sasquatch. That's yeah. what it was. I found out that it was uh, created by the Harmon brothers. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen another Harmon brothers commercial. I'm sure you have. But they, they did the poopery commercials, which sure. personally are not my favorite. There but, is a poopery commercial that I saw on um, Instagram and I was crying. It was it was the same kind of thing where it was a really long time and it had actually nothing to do with poopery. It had to do with this girl was telling the story about how she was at her boyfriend's mom's house and she got really sick. <gasps> I've seen this one. I probably showed you and I probably cried the whole time. <laughs> so she's staying at her 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 boyfriend's mom's house. She gets sick and the the mom says, Oh, just sleep in my bed. And she thought she was just gonna let a little squeaker out, like a little poot, and she <laughs> hit the bed. <laughs> yeah. And like, she didn't know what to do with the sheets. And, uh, it was it was like one of those things that's so mortifying. So if that was what are they the Hanson brothers? The Harmon brothers. Oh, Harmon brothers. But they did this other commercial, which like I think my only problem with their commercials is that like once you know it's a Harmon Brothers commercial, like it's very clearly a Harmon Brothers commercial because mm-hmm. they did this other commercial for this company called Bedjet, and it's um it's called Carl from Hell, and it's like this like really basic girl, and she's dating Carl who is a demon from Hell, and Carl likes the bed really hot, but she likes the bed really cold. So it's like an advertisement for the bed jet things, but it literally follows that same like concept as uh, the Sasquatch commercial. But you know what I also found out? Carl from Hell is played by the same guy that played as uh, the mom and the dad Sasquatch. Wow. That's an interesting tie-in. Which, for a long time, I was convinced, I think his name's like Noah... Beckfee or something like that. Um, but for a long time, I was like absolutely convinced that he was the same guy that played as Doug in the Doug or the Liberty Mutual Doug in Emu commercials. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not the same guy. But but he had a type. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think the commercials would have been so much funnier if the Emu's name was Doug. Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> really an emo name named Doug. Yeah, that they missed opportunity. They should have yeah. taken that risk. I, I agree. What is it? <laughs> is it literally just Doug in the emu, or what is it called again? Limu, Limu, Emu, Limu, so, Emu. I have a theory about how this happened. They were like the the agency was like, okay, we got to do brainstorming, and they like along the way, someone had shortened file names to 
Limu, Liberty Mutual, L-I-M-U. I bet and, you're right. And you're and 100% like, right. Limu, 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 Limu. Oh, mm-hmm. oh! Yeah, it was either that or the Limu Llama. Like, it was going to go one or two ways. Yeah. I Which, I guess it makes sense, like, his name being Limu the Emu. But I just think it would have been a whole lot funnier if Limu the Emu was the guy and Doug was the emu because yeah. I just think we need we need more uh what do they call it twists in commercials yeah like uh, what and do they call that when the ending of a movie is not what you wanted what you expected twist is that what it's called yeah, I mean I <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what it's called I'm pretty sure there's an actual name for it I feel like the the fact that it's called a twist is the twist. And then when someone tells you that there's a twist in a movie and it ruins the whole thing because now you're expecting it. Yes, that's a, a spoiler. Twist. A plot twist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just need, I, I was missing that first word. I'm and like, so the, the conceit of that commercial essentially was like that um, type of documentary spin, right? Where you're interviewing someone and it's like kind of that fake confessional thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like The Office. Yes. Um, so the commercial is like, she's kind of just like talking to the camera about her purple mattress protector, but she's like making all these jokes in the meantime, but they, there is a part that I think might be the second best part. The first part being the squirrel part, because I think that's a quite a risk to willingly put that in a commercial. But I think the second best part is the sun, the sun Sasquatch is like jumping on the bed and she's like sitting on the edge of the bed and she turns around and yells at him in like a Sasquatch language. <laughs> like it has subtitles and he's like, Hey, stop jumping on the bed with muddy feet. And then he like runs away because it was like, I guess scary, but I love that part because I love, I love it that little- not in any language are uh, like presented as a language with subtitles. I think that's very funny. Yeah. It just brought a level of realism to it that was unexpected. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I have to tell you, my I wrote down one of my favorite commercials is in that same kind of documentary vibe. And it's, do you guys remember the Herding Cats commercial? I don't. So. I'm not sure. It was one, it was a, a Super Bowl commercial from the late, I guess, 2000s. When Super Bowl commercials, we were just, I guess, realizing that they were a thing and starting to be put up on YouTube after the fact. And the whole thing is these cowboys out there in the field rustling up their cats, you know, getting their cats to to run through fields and across lakes and talking about it to the camera about how it's, you know, my grandpa was a cat herder and I have to show you it. It's funny, but it's so it's so sincere. And that's what I adored about it. I, I what was it for? Do you know? Do you That's remember? the thing. I didn't remember who it was for. It's for like some training company or financial oh, it's company. It's for um EDS. EDS, which do we even know what that is? No. I know it's like, an so, company is all it says. Right. And so there there you are with the conundrum of commercials. If you make a really great commercial, do you tie it to your brand effectively enough for your brand to be remembered or do you get the emotional rush well, that people are sharing it and nothing and that, happens that's really clever too because you said it was an hr thing chase it's, H- a, no. it's a for eds which is electronic data systems 
Oh, they may okay. or may not even so exist anymore. They're alluding to the management speak idiom. It's like hurting cats. Yeah. So no. So I think that's that's super clever, but I don't think it's tied enough to the brand, though. Like I get what they were doing, and I think what they were doing was a really uh, smart commercial. But I'm just not. I don't sure. think they have it was. It was not effective. It was not a good branding vehicle. No. Because, well, you remember the commercial and you're like, I don't even know what it was for. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like the Quiznos monkeys, you couldn't communicate anything about that to anyone without saying those things on that Quiznos commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no common frame of reference. So it, it's the contrast between like you you like an ad because you enjoy it versus an, an ad annoys you or dis, dis, disgusts you or disturbs you so much that you have to talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Quiznos monkeys or is that all you have to say? I really don't think there's anything else to say about them. (laughs) (laughs) It was early weird CGI. I don't know. That was a weird time. Was that the early 2000s? No, that was like late nineties or early two thousands. Yeah. Early internet. So like early, like we all saw it on TV and then had no idea what we were watching. You know, I had to say the only thing about the Quiznos commercial is I'm like, actually so surprised that that never turned into like a a meme beyond like you're right niche commercial lovers yeah Um, it really had meme potential it does it still does i think if somebody posted that on twitter right now with something that pertained to modern anything i think people would find it very funny is quiznos still even a thing do people like quiznos Uh, they Uh, i've never had quiznos they were everywhere. I mean, there used to be like five in downtown Orlando. Yeah, pretty and much once Subway started toasting their subs too, it was like, oh, well, there goes your your angle on that market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. fascinated by the, the harness that Subway has on the sub, the fast food sub industry. There's a YouTube channel called Company Man, and he makes these um, fantastic... 10 to 12 minute videos about different companies. And he had one that was the rise and fall of Quiznos. Oh, there's like, there were like something like 5,000 of them. And now there's like a handful, like there are like four or something. It's almost like blockbuster for sandwiches. Wow. So Uh, the spong monkeys did not save them. No, (laughs) no. And I remember seeing those commercials and being like, that does not make me want to eat that. <laughs> no, exactly. It was the opposite. Because you're like, what the f- did I just watch? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so something that um, is similar and I feel like not at all related necessarily to a brand is one of my all-time favorites. Also, a I think it might even be classified as a cult classic and that is the nanarpus commercial god i love nanarpus are we the only people that love nanarpus so much um the the word nanarpus is (laughs) on my timeline on twitter no seriously (laughs) she she talks about nanarpus far too often (laughs) because because it's, it's like honestly it's genius it was a 15 second commercial for the 2009 Super Bowl, that was the same year that Miller High Life did the one-second commercial. And it was, I feel like 2009 was the first, 
like real break from a 30 second commercial. Yeah. So, um, banana googly eyes and a mustache cut to look like an octopus sitting on a stack of pancakes. And, and the ridiculous of it, the ridiculousness like took full aim at their main competitor, IHOP. I mean, they were coming at IHOP with their mm-hmm. Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, so the tagline is, and, and I just love like, like that. It's never post. It was like a, <laughs> like a seventies, like, sitcom or something it's the war war cry of the nanopus generation (laughs) but then it's like before he can even get into the song it's like isn't it time for a serious breakfast and they denny's was offering a free grand slam that tuesday from six to two and they were very explicit to everyone in america so get this that commercial created an increase to Denny's web traffic by 1,679%. Because honestly, why the hell would you ever go to the Denny's website? Like what? what yeah. Especially, especially in 2009. Like the internet yeah. is not where it's at today, where it's like in the palm of our hands. Like, no, we didn't know what to do with the internet. Went into their little computer rooms, got on their big computer and typed in Denny's.com. Yeah, like, tell you what. Choice. Like, we were still talking about. <laughs> just I, go on your phone. I could not go. In 2009, I had a BlackBerry. I could not access the Denny's website from a BlackBerry. But, yeah, yeah. And as an advertising group, we were still talking about it as e-media. <laughs> so, so it's like the new frontier of e- e-advertising. Yeah. It's a genius. So, yeah. I mean, I think it worked. And then... Um, I'm not sure if I already said this, 2 million people turned out on Tuesday, February 3rd, 2009 for their free Grand Slam breakfast. I can't say that I think that's a lot of people, though. That's like less than the population of Chicago by quite a bit. Yeah, but not everywhere. At Denny's, though. Yeah, Denny's is like, they're they're not... it's not super huge. And I know that they're dispersed all over the country. Um, I remember that very clearly. And I was like, well, I'm not going, but I have serious crowd aversion. And like, I knew that the line would be out the door on a Tuesday. And the thing with that is that you're not going and just getting a grand slam. I mean, maybe people did get a grand slam in water, but you know, Mm -hmm. most everyone else probably also got coffee and orange juice. And they were like, Oh damn. Like, I'm sorry. Two pancakes, two eggs, two bacons, two sausages. That's a delicious breakfast. Do they, do they yes, it is. Grand Slam? Huh? I'm they sure they do. The Grand Slam. Do they do what? It's a, it's a staple. It is. Yeah, it's their flagship breakfast. Like, hands down. That is. And you're the, right. Like, that's what they're known for. You're going to go for your free breakfast, but you're not going to want to sit there and feel like an asshole while you eat it. So you're going to bring your, your kids and whatever and order something else. And I'd be curious to know how that affected profits and whether that offset their Super Bowl expenditure. I bet it did. I bet it did. So somehow I have just now ended up on the Denny's menu. They have a crispy Brussels sprout appetizer. What? I am intrigued by this. I'm intrigued that that exists at Denny's. I am. I love Brussels sprouts. I also think it doesn't help that I'm team waffle because if I am leaving the house at a disgustingly late time to get disgusting breakfast food, it is going to be waffle house and waffle house only. I well, that's that. A, that's, that's an institution. Like a true woman from the south. 
is, that a small, is that a southern thing? Oh, absolutely. Oh man. And See, there's got to be Waffle Houses all over, though, right? I don't think so. And I, I, also, I tap out at like the Midwest, so I don't know. I think that they are few and far between on the west side of the Mississippi River. Huh. <laughs> Today <laughs> I learned. <laughs> You're going to have to cross the border and go into Illinois if you want a uh, smothered, covered. Because no, river. they're they're Did all they? over here. I just assumed they were ubiquitous. Okay, so yes, they are in fact a southern thing. There is not a single Waffle House in the entire state of California. I I feel bad for them. Now I know why they, they're like that. They yeah. also only have like, and I'm not a huge Cracker Barrel fan, but I think there are only like one or two Cracker Barrels in all of California. What? Are they no one needs to go there. What no, are they eating that's... for breakfast in California, though. Fruit. I will yeah, tell you this like... for a fact. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I learned today about the web traffic increase from um, the Nanopus commercial, and I've never seen I've never seen metrics like that. Well, that's interesting. The Pepto Bismol commercial. I know you're a big fan of that one too. I am a big fan of the Pepto Bismol commercial. So you know there is kind of this thing that especially with you chase like you know i don't feel good and what do i always say nausea heartburn indigestion oh yeah diarrhea like like here you can do like a whole flow chart on this right do i need pepto-bismol do you have nausea heartburn indigestion upset stomach diarrhea if the if you answer yes to any of those then the answer is yes if you answer no then <laughs> you should move on and you know live your life yourself. yeah well that's funny you know who i bet they're in direct competition with that ad with is plop plop fizz fizz yes <laughs> i i was thinking about that so be- that because that was super popular and that goes back what to the 60s or 70s that was yeah kids on the playground saying that when i was that age so yeah at least 80s i found a quote from and i'll, I'll paraphrase it from procter and gamble in 2016 which was 10 years after their initial five symptoms song and dance had stopped airing Their two biggest brand assets were pink liquid in a bottle Mm -hmm. and the five symptoms song and dance. Well, there you go. 10 years later and they had a boy band version. They had a country version. Now they have that updated version on the airplane where the flight attendant makes me extremely Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. (laughs) Says diarrhea. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Please don't get in my face. So that led me to take a look at why that stuck with people for 10 years. For Mm -hmm. 10 years, people are like, hey, where are those commercials? I mean, more or less, because that is is still how people identify, you know, if they need Pepto-Bismol or not. Yeah. So I found something... Uh, it talks about like, all throughout human history, uh, rhythm and melody. So rhythm and melody um, have been used to carry information from person to person. 
and you know that's been done through the forms of poem songs and storytelling and um like it makes sense that jingles use those same neural resources for the communication of ideas about brands Mm -hmm. and um that was some fancy research from Bradley Vines, the director of Nielsen Consumer Neuroscience Europe. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, Bradley. Yeah. Because I, mean, I but, feel like he, he's directly responsible for 1877 Cars for Kids then, isn't he? I, I believe so. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. And it's like the rhythms, rhymes, and repetition, those are essential building blocks that of of a jingle that are the hook that mm-hmm. catches in our long-term memory and i am telling you this is why more than 40 years later i can tell you the ingredients in a big mac chris do you know wait it's gonna take me a minute to access that neural pathway <laughs> <laughs> find it find it start me off and i'll get there two all beef patties i don't have it anymore no, oh my god oh. it's two- been overwritten Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Okay, okay. That's See, all you need to know. I know why that got overwritten. It was that hand game that, that, oh. that goes Big Mac, filet of fish quarter pounder, french fries, icy Coke, thick shake. Sunday and apple pie. And apple pie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just insidious brand infiltration of your my, children. My question so is, and this... This remotely doesn't have anything to do with commercials, but also kind of does. Did that commercial come out before or after the intro to Fairly Odd Parents was established? Oh, way before that. Way before. So did Fairly Odd Parents steal that concept? Yes. I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to, but they, yeah, they, they must have picked that up. Fairly Odd Parents has a very defined, like I, I, I know their, their intro jingle very well in my head. And it follows a very similar pattern to that one. Yeah. So, and I remember waiting in line, like to come back from recess and there was like the, like a patty cake type of thing. Yeah. And that commercial was introduced in 1981. Wow. Like we've been hanging on to that for a long time. Yeah. God, how many years ago is that? That's 40, that's that 30 years ago. No, 40. 40 years ago. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I really think we could probably do an entire show on Mar- uh, McDonald's and their marketing magic. Oh, we so could. Yeah. Like, I, w- without a doubt. Um, you could take any one of the big players that's been around that long. I mean, because they really built an empire on advertising. Well, and McDonald's is like, the first of the first, you know, kind of like a national fast food company kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. they're the ones that came up with the concept of like an assembly line in the food industry. Yeah, that's true. They did. And they would, they were so proud of it that they would give people tours. Mm -hmm. And one of the people who went on the tours was George Bell who founded Taco Bell. Oh, so I love Taco Bell. Like that is a, you know, they were like, I don't think they were so like, or weren't thinking about, Oh, we could be showing our country or our, our competitors. They were like, yeah, all this cool stuff we're doing. And people were like, Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't feel like Taco Bell is a competitor really of 
McDonald's though because it's like very very different food. It is, but it was you are talking about that space. It's the same people. space. Mm, it's it's you. what you call a sh- the the wallet share of that yeah. space. You either make a decision to get one or the other or nothing, and then <laughs> you're you're committing to that based on whatever we've you know talked about. Yeah, burgers or tacos or. You know, chicken. Um, if you're going to McDonald's, you're going for the chicken nuggets and the chicken nuggets only. Oh, we can get into a fist fight about that, but but I'm going to let it go. <laughs> okay, we'll save that for another for our next episode. Okay, things Chase and Chris fight about. That is, that's interesting, though, because I would be interested to know when the chicken McNuggets were added to the menu. Because I feel like it was late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Chase, I'm I'm sure you will be blown away to know that nineteen eighty one. Okay, see, well chicken done. Nuggets, chicken nuggets were not a staple child food a generation ago. See, no, but you know they were very much targeted to children, which kind of goes along with their entire, you know, Happy Meal clown mascot marketing to kids. I mean, they were aggressively marketing to kids, knowing that kids would latch onto the nostalgia of that, grow up and become brand advocates. I think mm-hmm. my problem with the uh, the chicken McNugget, which is equally as disgusting as it is enticing and makes me want to eat it, is the <laughs> fact that they all, like, they're shapes and these shapes have names. Like, there's the boot nugget. And every time you order a 10-piece chicken McNugget, you will have a, at least one boot nugget in there. Do you, Maddie, do you remember when different shaped nuggets had different quality of meat? Like the, no. the, boot, the boot nugget was the gamble nugget because half the time that little boot part was gristle and weird shit thrown in there. Yeah. Well, the boot, the bone, the bell, and the ball. And they're all like, huh, like... You that's know, intentional, huh? Yeah. And they like have a whole thing about this. And according to yougov.com, the boot nugget is preferred by 36% of Chicken McNugget fans. I, I'm that's horrified my by the boot nugget. <laughs> I, I, I like the boot nugget. I'm not, I'm not opposed to the boot nugget. I, I find the round nugget the most pleasing just because of nugget symmetry. Well, just to let you know, you are in the minority by quite a bit. Only seven well, like the ball. So. Oh, okay. The, the I'll take all your balls. You, <laughs> the, the boot gives you a little dipping handle. Exactly. It fits yeah. right into that barbecue sauce container perfectly. I'm a hold out, though, because I don't know what's in that boot. So <laughs> it may or may not be chicken. Clearly, um, I've had a, a post-traumatic expre- ex- stress um, experience with the boot nugget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, what is your favorite commercial? Um, I, I it, honestly, it's it's the ship my pants commercial. <gasps> oh, <laughs> very good one. Very good one. You can't I mean, because there's so much to love about it. It makes me laugh every time because Maddie hashtag twelve year old boy sense of humor. <laughs> um, it's it, it, it's so clever and so memorable, and I I say it all the time. And I talk about shipping my pants when I go to ship my pants. I so, ship my pants. Ship my bed. 
It's extensible. It's relatable. Oh, R.I.P. Kmart. Oh, yeah. If that could have saved the brand. I had hope there for a split second. I also made a discovery, and I cannot remember what commercial this was for, but it's the one where the the basketball player, he's, like, knocking everything down. He's like, not today. Yeah, yes, I love that. Who is that? Makembe Matumbo. That's right. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I do that all the time, too, because I do it, like, at my computer. Like, I'll get an email, and it's like, Maddie, can you do this? And I'm like, not today. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I know. And, and that's that that core criteria for a good commercial. You have to be able to repeat it. It sticks with you. Yes. You make it I your think, own meme. I think Geico has done a really good job with they have. That. like across the board they had the um the the caveman going way back my favorite caveman commercial is where he's on the uh the moving sidewalk at the airport oh yeah and, like he cannot escape it it's like ah oh. Yeah, and also relatable. I do really love Geico commercials with the gecko, though. He says some very too. funny things. And he's animated so well that sometimes I forget that little gecko doesn't actually exist. He's very personable. In- incredibly personable. Yeah. And I do love whenever anyone um, misspeaks and says from the get-go, and I hear gecko, and in my head he just pops right up. And he's I like... Think it, uh, it goes back to that pitch men that are fictional characters so you yeah. feel inclined to listen to them because they're not real. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're likable in a way. Yes. yes. I was convinced and I actually had to look it up. I was certain that Tim Roth was the voice of the gecko. Oh. So he is I not, can hear that. He is not so Chase, for context, Tim Roth is um, the guy in Pulp Fiction. I love you, honey bunny. Um, <laughs> would guy, it it would have made it so much better to know that he was. I Just, know. I was you know really, even if I, we never made anything of it. I was honestly a little disappointed. I was like, oh, I bet that's Tim Roth. Because, like, there are, like, there are people who do voiceovers that... I can tell from a mile away. John Cena is the wonderful pistachio elephant. Um, <laughs> he also um, lately has been talking about how awesome Hondas are. And huh. there's, an, there's another one, too. Uh, like John Cena is everywhere voicing all kinds of commercials. Good for him and his bank account. Yeah, he's making, making the most of that. Oh, and we're going to talk about and oh, brand one, people. One we're going to talk about Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, that man is not afraid of a paycheck. No, he is not. No, no, I got to respect that. Hey, can I can I just bounce back and say one thing about John Cena and his voiceovers? Absolutely. You can't see him. Thank you. <laughs> I guess you can. I guess that's true. <laughs> so yeah, Shaquille O'Neal, General Insurance. Icy Hot, Gold mm-hmm. Bond, Epson Printers, Papa John's, but he's also on the board because they had some racial. They issues. a little little snafu there. Yeah. They had to so tidy he's up. a franchise owner and on the board. I don't know if that helps Papa John's at all. Good what effort if, for them, though. 
Yeah. Nice like, try. Thumbs up. Nice try. And I love the trend lately of them bringing um, pop stars and acts and people we knew from our childhood into okay. the marketing oh, the <laughs> okay, industry. What's that? The Limp Biscuit commercial. Yes, exactly. Or Salt and Peppa. Bring them. You know, it's just they're 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 making commercials for the people they know are making the buying decisions in the household. My my new favorite, and like I I really don't. It blows my mind because the fact that Tide is promoting washing clothes in cold water and that mm-hmm. Tide works as well as hot water. Iced tea, Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin, and vanilla Brilliant. ice. It's just. It's. Like, that's, that's tight. That is. As a marketing campaign, that is really, really well thought out. <laughs> I have to Plus, say, as somebody who is into uh, like older things, it is very annoying to me, especially when they use like a very. Like. N- n- moderately niche 80s song. I can't think mm-hmm. of off the top of my head, but I, I know that there's one that I heard the other day that I was like a little pissed off that they used that song. And, and my mom was like, well, yeah, of course, because that's the people who are buying these things now. But I just don't want to hear <laughs> in a commercial about something like health insurance. I, I, yeah. no. I think there is a financial advisor company and I don't want to say which one because I, I don't remember for sure and um, they use what is that more than words that's probably the one where mm-hmm. you were like what um, yeah and I have heard I can't remember even like we're going back um, a few years but there are Depeche Mode songs yes. in commercials mm-hmm. and there are like the people who were super into that when they were 15 are now in their late forties or early fifties. And they're like, Oh, like it speaks to them and it works. There's an emotional connection. It makes you have a strong emotional reaction or association. So it does work. It works. I just don't want to hear it because it makes me mad. (laughs) Does it make you things to buy? So I don't want to. I don't want to associate that song with some silly commercials for something I'm not interested in buying. That's interesting. Now, would you not buy it because you associated a song with it? It depends on what it is, but I have chosen to not buy things in the past based off me not liking their commercials. I have too. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example where You'll I was never just catching so it in O'Reilly. Outraged. I'll tell you that much. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Pissed me off to another level. I've never <laughs> seen that in O'Reilly's because of their commercials. I have one more I want to throw in for consideration, just because they were so weird and they had such an impact on the industry. Were those Calvin Klein obsession commercials? Like the ones where they're like. Like Justin Bieber was in it, and he like yeah. really into his uh, genitals. Is that? What <laughs> I don't know. There have been so many spoofs of them that, like, they started out just being so overblown and pretentious and weird, and you're just watching it, thinking, "What are you even doing?" And then Calvin Klein just kept doubling down on the weird, and you know, kept rolling out these really arty, edgy, weird shit, and 
I guess how else do you sell a perfume? You know, it's it, trying to make a mood out of it. But I don't know how successful it was. Everyone knew about it and everyone made fun of it. And I think if people are making fun of your, your ads, you've essentially made it to, to the point where people are paying attention. And people bought it. Sure. I worked with a guy. I don't know why. Wore too, way too much obsession. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, probably because you wanted like to be that, in one of those commercials, right? I'm sure yeah. that was it. <laughs> it was obsession at the time, I think, was the anti-Drakkar. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was You're the, right. They fought you, in the halls. You were in one camp or the other. I feel and then like- CK1 was it, it that was one that came out it was very gender neutral in, in a very confrontational way when that wasn't a thing yet so mm-hmm. wearing ck1 was you know that was a statement of like you, you, the people who know that gender identity is a thing are going to get the fact that i'm wearing this that is a really good point i didn't think about that mm-hmm. so they get points that? for being forward thinking yeah thanks for that I'm 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 pretty anti commercials that prey upon people's insecurities, which is uh, like most commercials in any kind of fashion or beauty industry. A lot of the times, but mm-hmm. I just I just think there are other ways to make people want to buy your product without making them feel like shit. Yeah, it's the create a need thing. Mm-hmm. Before you can sell something, there has to be a need. Now, if everybody's happy with themselves, then Where's your need? You have to look harder. And the easy way out is just to pick on people. Very true. But I'm with you. If we lived in a better world, A, we would have different jobs. But also, you know, (laughs) we'd probably be happier. True. (laughs) Like marketing is a bad job. Or there wouldn't they there wouldn't be a need. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not sure anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh I, I like the act of marketing, but sometimes I do have to sit there and think, man, this is kind of, depending on the industry that you're in, but marketing kind of mean, especially if oh, yeah. you don't understand how marketing works. Like people don't understand like what sponsored content really means. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like in Twilight, they're really into driving Volvos, but it's not like they're really into driving Volvos because it's a vampire car. It's because they <laughs> paid a lot of money for them to be really into it. And here's where we get into drawing the curtain back, right? Because e- advertising is not an art form. It is business. And it's it's mean and manipulative and it preys on people's psychology and it's it's calculated and if we happen to make something cool that 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 we like, then that's a total coincidence because it's not about that. Very true, and that's where I've lost my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to believe, though, that you can do business and be creative about it and be clever. And I mean, I think that's probably the, the copywriter in me is I'm always looking for, you know, aside from a jingle, I'm looking for the clever hook. I'm looking for a hilarious play on words, an inside joke, 
mm-hmm. know, if we, if we go back to Nanorpus, which doesn't have anything to do with anything, <laughs> yeah. That like I always think about like the the when that was being presented. So, you know, like for people who don't understand what happens at an agency, it's not like these things just magically happen, right? Yeah, there's a whole process. There's a a brainstorm meeting and a wireframe build out and, you know, all of these refinements before you get to even to the point where you present it to the client. So I imagine this agency is like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> started just <laughs> me out stick with me here this is gonna be a journey yeah just 15 seconds and it's it's ridiculous but it comes down to isn't it time for a serious breakfast see see what we did benefits there? exactly yeah. like that i think is super clever and you is creative and you know but it is you have to you really have to remember things like that when you are in the advertising world and you start getting asked to put in some more bullet points about the product and we've got some white space here can we add a, a blurb about the new features and you're like okay let's let's get back to what we're trying to accomplish here what's what's the what's the emotion because people are going to walk away with that mhm it's yeah. really hard to have those fights. You know, you, you can push back and, and explain why it's not a bad idea, but then you, you're up against business executives who want to see their, their newest product name in bullet lights. Yes. We need two calls to action. No, you never need no, two we calls don't. to action. We ever. really don't. <laughs> nope. <Pick> one. <laughs> call to action. Take this. Call to action B. Shove it up your... <laughs> Very true. Okay, ladies, I think uh, we are getting to the end of our little show. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Any uh, last remarks? I have I've, thoroughly enjoyed the, yeah. about all of our commercials and, um, you know, what we like and what we don't like and how really how I think how it impacts business is like, I hope people find that enlightening. That's the lesson we learned here today. I really wanted the full house music to swell while you were making those closing remarks. I'm not, you know, the, the scene at the end where we've all, we've all learned something here today. (laughs) On on this very special episode of the Grown Up Yeah. Yeah, we we shared a little bit about ourselves and we learned a little bit about each other. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that these are great. And I loved hearing about everybody's thoughts and favorites. Agreed. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of uh, the Grown Up Marketing Lady Show. No idea when the next episode will be out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for tuning in. Woohoo! Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Grown Up Marketing Lady Show. See you next time.